One second, my dog is running around downstairs. Leave it in, leave it in. That's the Dipsy intro. <laughs> this is how it starts. Like, ah, ah, ah. Welcome to Right Night, a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> get it, get it, get it, get it. All right, here we go. Welcome to Right Night, a podcast where we pick a prompt from our discussions and interviews, set a timer, write whatever we'd like, then read it together. We'll laugh, we'll cry, sometimes we think, but most importantly, we'll have fun and hopefully learn to write along the way. And we'd love for you to write along with us. Pause this podcast on my cue, write in response to the prompt, then come on back whenever you're ready. And if you're feeling it, absolutely post your responses to our subreddit, rwritenight, where you can read our responses as well. Today, we are joined by Morgan, aka Smalls, Graham, and Connor. Hello, nerds. Hello. Sup, boy. Hey. So, Graham, you maybe this is maybe your like fifth or sixth time doing this podcast. This is only episode two, but we were pra- kind of practicing it beforehand. In yeah. those six or so times that you've been writing, how do you feel your the way you write has has changed over time? What I've always found fun and illuminating in terms of where my skills are as any kind of writer, wherever they may be, is the time limit. Because the last time we did this, we had 10 minutes. I didn't warm up. And I remember just staring at the screen going, I have no idea what I'm going to write here. It kind of almost kicks in something in your lizard brain that goes, <laughs> I got to get this. I got to get this done now. So you find whatever strength you need to finish and whatever it ends up being sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. That's the, that's all that. Those are my that's my two cents. I got two pennies. I'm holding uh-huh. up to the mic right now. Okay. I want cool. you to take take these pennies for me, okay? Let's make the prompt today the two cents. Not my two cents. The two cents. All right, to y'all listening, we're taking 10 minutes to write a response to this prompt, the prompt, the two cents. So now would be a good time to pause, write what you'd like, and meet up with us when you've written something you're satisfied with. And absolutely take as much time as you'd like if you're totally feeling it. We got 10 minutes. Why don't we ruminate okay. on that? In three, two, one, go. How much money is two cents? Fuck you. That's a quarter of a million dollars. Thank you. <laughs> oh, shit. Five more minutes, which also means five minutes elapsed. <laughs> Math. <laughs> I think it's it's an ellipsis, mathematically. How do you spell Gandhi? G-H-A-N-D-H-I-H-A-H. Okay, 30 more seconds. Wrap up. Anyone need more time? Nah, I'm all set. I was holding my breath the whole time. Uh, I need maybe a minute more. So that is our time. Does anyone want to go first? Fuck it. I'll go first. I started writing a play, and then I was like, fuck it. I'm not writing I'm not writing a little play. That Um, is right, night. Toby, do you want to read it? Sure. Okay, without further ado, this is Two Cents by Smalls. If a per... Okay. (laughs) I was like getting in character and then started reading too early. If a homeless person asks for some change, you're an asshole if you don't give anything, right? There was a man who hung outside my local 7-Eleven. Every day, I came by for some coffee and fuego tackies, and I saw this man. He was grizzled, with kind eyes. Every day I gave him a couple of dollars. A daily act of kindness. He made me feel big. Hell, if I was the Tooth Fairy, he'd be lucky. A whole two dollars under his pillow, and not even a tooth in exchange. Mother Teresa can't lay a hand on my charity. Gandhi should bow down to me. The end. <laughs> this is right night as hell. This is like in the yeah. middle of like a, a thought splurge. And you're, you were creating a character. I can feel this character, which is awesome. It's unfinished. For right night, you know, you only have 10 minutes and you were able to establish a character and a almost a backstory. Your accent helped, I think. <laughs> New York. Hey, yo, let's get a slice of pizza. All right, up next, anyone want to volunteer? 
I'll go, I guess. Uh, this this was effectively extremely stream of consciousness. There's nothing I'm trying to say with it. There's no clever ending, as, <laughs> as, as is the case with almost everything that I write. Connor, or no, I would like Toby to read for Gary. Okay. okay. Connor, I would like you to read just all the non-dialogue stuff, which is just the inner monologue of Wallace. And Morgan, would you read for Wallace? Yes. Without further ado, this is Pennies in the Wind by Graham. You dropped it, you buffoon! You actual ape? I couldn't believe it. He was right. The stupid son of a bitch was right the whole time. Though loath be it to me to actually give him the credit, let alone admit it. Yeah, right. I chuckled. Pennies down the drain? Sounds like you've got pennies on the brain, friend. (laughs) (laughs) His gaze was unperturbed, a steely wall of indignation that itched me the wrong way. Careful now, Wallace. Don't let him nest in your head. That's how he wins. Crafty bastard devil. You look tired, buddy. Why don't you take a load off? (laughs) This fucker knows exactly what he's doing. But I got a few tricks up my sleeve as well. Yo, what's that over there, Gary? I shot a lazily pointed finger beyond his shoulders towards some phantom focal point as Gary's head, as though moving in shutter speed, turned away from me. As his eyes parted from view, I quickly disrobed and struck a classic vacuum bodybuilder's pose, the wind kissing my delicate skin. I knew it was over, and grinned. Hey Gary, why don't you turn back and get a gander at these plums and leeks? I love pennies. (laughs) The the end? The end. The end. end. (laughs) What? I don't... What? I don't know what to say. I mean, it could just be, it doesn't have to, you don't, you know, something's, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> it's like almost guilt in your voice. <laughs> I feel zero guilt in writing this. This, this just makes, this, this is just something that makes sense to me. These are things I think about on a semi-regular basis. It's just things like this. All right, Connor, you want to go first or second? How are you feeling? Oh, it doesn't really matter to me, man. Okay, I'll just go first. I have it open. Hmm. This is based on a true story. Let's have Graham be the um, narrator. All right. Uh, small as you can be the voice of the narrator. Cool. Connor, can you play the hot dog vendor? Oh, of course. And then I'll play Jake. All right, without further ado, this is The Hot Dog Equation by Toby Menanzen. Hot dogs, get your hot dogs here. He barked over the carnival cacophony, but we knew it was there much earlier because of the smell. That savory, bready goodness that was the old American hot dog. My stomach grumbled louder than the vendor yelled, so I knew, I knew it was time. Jake looked at me, eyes twinkling as much as they did when he first picked me up earlier today. I'm assuming you eat? He asked asked coyly. I laughed. Yes, I've been known to. He walked over and I followed. The vendor locked eyes with us, smiling. Well, howdy there, folks. What can I help you for? I spoke up. Two hot dogs, please. Ah, yes. Two hot dogs. That will be... He counted with his fingers. 25 cents. Jake looked at me, smiling his infectious smile, as he reached into his pocket to pull out his wallet. The jangling of the coins in his hand indicated he was a wealthy man. I could hear some 10, 15 coins, and that's just me ballparking. He opened his hand and began to coin his amassed coin wealth. Finally, solemnly, he looked at me. Hey, I, um... This is embarrassing, but I only have 23 cents. The vendor raises his eyebrows. Sorry, it has to be 25. I have a son and a daughter and a wife 
and two dogs. <laughs> I reached into my pocket and felt two cold, round objects. I pulled my hand from my pocket and saw them. Two pennies. One, two, two cents. I looked at Jake. I looked at his 23 cents. I looked at the vendor. Then I looked down. And finally, I admitted. Well, I only have two cents, so I can't buy them either. The end. <laughs> That's fucking, that was brilliant. That was like fucking Shakespeare. Are you kidding me, Toby? This is, this is definitely based off a true story. Yeah, it's based off a true story. I'm sure Graham knows, maybe Connor, but like I was in like the second grade and we went to a carnival and we were getting snow cones and they were like, 50 cents for a snow cone. And the person I was with had 25 cents and I had 25 cents. And I remember thinking, well, I don't have, I don't have 50 cents. <laughs> it was later in my life. I was like, what the, f what the, what are you doing? Toby? I don't, I, that's amazing. I actually don't think that you did tell me that one. That's really good. <laughs> True story. This is like a really classic joke. This feels like uh, vaudeville shit. Yeah. Who's on yeah. first? Well, hey, buddy, I've got five cents and a balloon. Get your hot dogs here. They cost a balloon and ten cents. Oh, gee. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. All right, Connor, you're up. All right. So, yeah, this will be kind of like, kind of like a Jack Kerouac kind of vibe, kind of like okay. on the road. Toby, could I have you be the narrator graham can i have you be the voice of the main character and okay. then smalls can i have you be the voice of the only other speaking character yes without further ado this is the two cents by connor there was a man named thomas gabriel he was never able to see that well but he was able to always always smell and here that's another sense he had <laughs> <laughs> But I am doing sense like the smell, not like the senses of such as taste, dear reader. I cannot stress this point enough. <laughs> One day, Thomas Gabriel was traveling along a deserted road. He smelled the crisp petrichor, the ground reacting to the soft summer rain. As he breathed in and delighted in the pleasant sensation, he sensed a newer, darker scent. Rot. Sweet and sickly. He wondered what was causing it. He used his Doberman-like nose to seek it out <laughs> and found it. An old burger and fries rotting, in the, tra <laughs> rotting in the trash heaps along the side of the road. He walked over to it and a small armadillo ran out, a fry in its mouth. <laughs> Hello, widow armadillo, said Thomas Gabriel in his native dialect. Fungus, <laughs> fungus, chungus, mungus, replied the armadillo. Side note, dear reader, I do not know what noise armadillos make. I cannot stress this point enough. And side note, Thomas Gabriel sat down and began to eat the rotting food. It had been so long since he had had a meal. The armadillo came over, eating the other half of the rotting burger that hung from Thomas Gabriel's lips. They shared an intense stare. It has been so long since he had had a meal, and it had been even longer since he shared one with a friend. The end. This took a wonderfully wholesome direction, despite the fact that you had me speaking in ooh ooh. Fuck you. I hate that you guys, you do it all the time. Every time. That's his native dialect. You can't make fun of it. It's not okay. It's 2021. I, I probably spent a full minute of this writing time trying to think of what noise an armadillo made. And I was like, I, we're just moving on. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Smalls. That was a wonderful delivery. Uh, you too, Graham and Toby. Uh, it's very clear you needed to be the narrator. I was, it was a big fan. And that's the end of round two. That was that was round one. <laughs> that's the end of round one. 
Morgan, how did you enjoy writing that last time? How did you feel you did? I felt uh, much better after hearing everybody else's. But you know, it's all about having fun. You just got to keep that in mind. It's not about being good. But if you have fun, it will be good. If that, yeah. if that makes it's sense. It's not a competition. The score's no, all God tied no. up. Fun to fun. If it was a competition, the winner is us. We, the people. This is an extremely collective, uh, collectivist podcast. For a second round prompt, could we just do We the People? We sure. the people. Yeah, sure. Why not? The next prompt will be We the People. We're going to have 15 minutes. We the People in three, two, one, go. Mm. Nice, okay. I'm training for a Sasquatch off. I think that's a town in Canada, actually. What, Sasquatchathon? I'm sorry? Well, okay, n never mind. 13 minutes left. How do you spell Bartholomew? G A N D H I. We have four more minutes left. 30 seconds. Jack! Cool. <laughs> uh, this is so stupid. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what I, that's uh, I went full dumb. Turns out after warm ups, I just get dumber. <laughs> yep. <laughs> My prose gets better and the jokes get worse. It's just. You ever think about how anyone can go through our like Facebooks and see our emo phases? Like our grandkids could mm -hmm. do that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It haunts my waking nightmares. I had a nary an emo phase in my life. Damn lucky. Although I've always wanted to have an emo phase because I always thought emo kids were really cool. It's not too late. That's true. It's not too late. <laughs> All right, that's time. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that. How did you guys feel? Yeah, I honestly loved it. That was, that was yeah, that was, I, <laughs> as always, I just write earnestly, and then by the end, I run out of things to do, so I'm just like, well, whatever. Parts. <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> I did much better than, than the last time, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had lots of fun. Cool. Well, yeah, well, fun, fun is good, because fun translates on the page, I feel. All right, so does anyone want to go first? Nose game. Yeah, it doesn't really matter to me. Nose game. <laughs> uh, I won, by the way. So we're going to start with Graham. Okay, so let's start with Graham's. Graham, would you mind introducing? All right, yeah. So this is a Bart's Big Day. When you reach the end of it, you'll be able to glean some kind of socioeconomic, you know, sociopolitical message in there, I think. Uh-oh. I'd like Toby to read all the capital dialogue, which is just going to be Bart. I would like Morgan to read all this, the direction. Okay. And then Connor, you only have two lines as the crowd. Okay. And you'll be able you'll be able to glean it based off of the way that it's like set up as call and response. Okay. Without further ado, this is Bart's Big Day, big spelled with two G's, by Graham Dickerson. People, rise up! The sentiment, while not wholly original on its face, roused the spirits of the crowd nonetheless. Thunderous applause rippled through the airways as Bartholomew Jenkum stood top the Acropolis, his <laughs> arms outstretched, inviting the very world itself into the enveloping hug. All welcome. All safe. No, I'm saying it once and I ain't saying it again. He crowed. The audience enraptured and transfixed. Now I say, I'm saying it once and I ain't saying it again. An auditory explosion of approval erupted from the masses once more, hands clawing out in desperate sublimation for the ravenous desire to be seen, to be held, to be recognized as alive. What am I saying once? He called. It. They echoed back, one voice from the spring of many. That's right. He barked, the hint of laughter hidden in his tone. It was easy, too easy to rile up this many people. At this point, he could get them to say and do anything as he pleased. The idea was amusing, so why not give it a try? I have a structured settlement, 
And I need cash now! You bellowed! Shut the fuck up, Bart. He spoke back. Lightly tossing bottles and shoes up on the roster, he got hit in the face. I went... <laughs> Ooh, ow! Oh no, my facey-wacey! I wanna go home! Shortly after, he was shot. The end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Was he always gonna get shot, or was that like a bottle? I figured. Thing? I figured it, it, it would bookend it as a rather fitting addendum to this political saga. All right, moving on. Let's move up. Let's go. Uh, let's do mine then. I wrote this as a play. This, I think this is the first time we've done it on Right Night Practice or otherwise, where I've someone's written a play. So I'm very interested to see how it goes. It's only a two-person play. Um. So let's have uh, Graham play the doctor. Smalls, can you play the jet? And then Connor, can you sit pretty and just look cute the way that you always do? <laughs> all right, are we all met? Are we I'm, all ready? I'm playing the doctor. All right. Without further ado, this is Crises, plural, by Toby Menanzen. All right, let's <clears throat> let's try again. We, the people? No, you're an individual. You're only one person. Try again. I. Yes. Are. No, you are one person. <laughs> One, not two, not three. Try again. We. Okay, here. How many pennies am I holding up? Two. How many now? One. Don't patronize me, doctor. Okay, and I'm, I'm not. And how many people are in the room? Um. Jet. Yes. And that's one. And me? Yes. No, that's me, not you. Yes, I was agreeing with you. Okay, it's just that the upper cadence was confusing. So there's me and you. Yes. Duck. Oh, you are you are asking? Yes. Yes? Yes. Yes. Got it. Yes. Mm. There are two people in the room. And how many people am I? One. And how many people are you? <sighs> Are you still with me? Yes, we are. Uh, why don't we take a short break? Okay, wait, no, no, I can do this. Okay, I'm going to hold up a finger, which represents you, and I have a middle finger, which represents me. It's a bit harsh. It doesn't represent... Okay, okay. This other index finger represents me. Fine, this one is you. Say hi. Hi. Awesome. How many fingers is Finger Jet? One. Great. So if Finger Jet were referring to himself, how many people would that be? None. What? None. It's not a person. It's a finger. Right. Of course. How many fingers would that be? One. Great. So I'm alone? No, you're not alone. You're just one person. And that's okay, both mentally and grammatically. So I am... The person. Yes. We did it! Yes! Wait, wait, we as in... As in me and you? Woo! And... No! The end. Ooh, that was... I like that. That, that was, was a fun, fun call and response. <laughs> I wanted to play with... I think somebody referenced the who's on first play. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that, I'm definitely seeing that. I like that a lot. Almost like kind of like a Where? word puzzle. Cool. Okay, let's move on. Why don't we move cool, with cool. Connors? Do you want to introduce? This is kind of like a post-apocalyptic feel. Um, Graham, could I have you be the narrator? Um, okay. Smalls, can you be the mother, the only speaking part? Yes. Okay, without further ado, this is Janna's Silk by Connor. Janna had always been working with the spirit silks. Her mother made her begin at a very young age. There was precious little else to do in the small room. 
Jaina knew that there was something bad that had happened to the world, but she couldn't know what it was. She was never allowed to leave. Every moment of her life, from her birth until now, had been spent in this room. No windows, the walls and floor made of finished wood. They were never allowed out, and there was almost nothing to do. Well, besides the grand goal, the family motto, their purpose for the sewing. Jenna looked at the family banner hanging above the blocked off door. If anyone could accomplish this, it would be her. She could not stand another day of studying the grain of the wood making up the floor or walls. She grabbed her spirit silks and sewed and wove. She worked day and night. She did everything she could. Variations on old designs, new improvisations, until it felt like her spirit was pulling itself from her and going into the very fabric itself. She had finished. She was done. She hung up the finished quilt and made the wall transparent. For the first time in almost a century, the people in the room were able to see outside. Sunshine so beautifully bright, the plants a verdant green as if each leaf was an emerald. Her mother smiled at her. She never thought she would accomplish it. The ability to see what was happening outside. A tear ran down her mother's face. You have done it, Jana. You have done what I never could, what my mother never could. What her mother never could. I am so, so proud of you. Jenna looked at the banner above the door. The motto of her family. The goal of being able to see more than this small room. The hope of a bastion of humanity. She stared at it, reading it one last time. Weave the peephole. The end. Wow. I love That was beautiful. I that love was that. That was really... Well written. Thank you. Sunshine so beautifully bright the plants a verdant green as if each leaf was an emerald. That is a that is a that is a fucking powerful fucking line. That's so ah, good. Thanks, man. Well done. It was all for a shitty pun. Weave the people. How did your brain come up with weave were you just like we the people? Weave the we, like, did, did you just sit there with that phrase for a second? Yeah, actually, the one reason I wanted this prompt was because as soon as um, whoever said, we the people, I kind of misheard it. And I was like, huh, weave the people. That'd be funny. And then I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Let's just see where this goes. <laughs> you manipulative sumbit. <laughs> you sumbit. So, yeah, no, thanks for reading it, everybody. That was that was great. All right, Smalls, you want to you wanna wrap this up? Oh, yes. I felt like a teenage boy when I wrote this one. I'll just go with Graham. Can you read the narration? Toby, can you read when uh, the office people speak? There's like two quotes. Okay. And then Connor, can you read when the narrator speaks? Cool. Absolutely. Okay. Without further ado, this is The Human Suit by Small. <laughs> Pretending to be a human is more difficult than I thought it would be. Ever since the royalty of my planet, planet something this dick, <laughs> sent me to Earth. <laughs> sent me to Earth to learn the norms of human. <laughs> <Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ever since the royalty of my planet, planet something this dick, sent me to Earth to learn the norms of human culture, I have been stricken with a chronic, inexplicable sadness. King Cumbussy <laughs> sent me to the United States of America, the location of the biggest guns and breasts. My mission is to assimilate as a fellow citizen so I can acquire these guns and breasts. My home planet is perverted and violent by nature, much like teenaged male humans. Uh -huh. I stand around the water cooler of my stuffy so-called office, adorned in my so-called tie and my boat shoes, waiting for the other humans to come by and describe to me the details of their day. 
I'm cold. They say. I've been stressed out by my upcoming quarterly review. Discomfort, I have deduced, is a common subject of what humans call polite small talk. Ah, yes. I am assimilating wonderfully. Queen Abomba would be most <laughs> prideful. As I listen to them drone on, my human suit is hot and it itches. Discomfort. A wonderful opportunity for chatter. A proper anthological researcher tests his hypotheses. I say this feeling aloud. My human suit is hot and it itches. I tell them. I follow up. I do not understand how to acquire guns and the breasts of females without surgically removing them from the females. The humans called Jenna and Emily walk out of the office, presumably to bring back guns. I tell them. Thank you. The end. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like this. I like this. this yeah, that was. That was. You yeah, could was, say this is. A... You could say this is biting criticism of the male gaze, or you could say you wanted to write King Cumbussy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that's all we got. Thanks for listening to Right Night. Be sure to submit your responses to our subreddit R Right Night. Night is spelled right N I T E. Or even just come on down to chat. Music by Bannister Chava. It was great hanging out with you guys. I'm looking forward to reading what you whipped up. I'm Toby Mananzin. This is Right Night. And I hope to see what y'all wrote. Thanks so much. Thank you.